What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hot Take, where I, along with my co-hosts Nat and Lawrence, give you our hottest takes on all things NBA. Nat, here we are. We already had uh, Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Yes. Getting ready for Game 2. We're recording this uh, Thursday night, 9 p.m., ahead of Game <laughs> As 2. As it's starting. <laughs> as it's starting. As it's starting. What are the odds? Um, but quickly, you know, be, before we, we kind of dive right into it, it it's... I just actually let's talk let's talk about game one and then we'll talk about the other stuff later on. But let's start with game one. Okay. What what were your takeaways from game one? Well, to put it plainly, it was a great game until the Bucks gave up in the third quarter. Like I was thoroughly entertained the first two quarters, you know, the first half rather. Um, and then the Bucks just seemed to like just lose their uh their spark. They missed their shots. Um, they just gave it to Giannis and said, here, just do the work or here, it's just help us. You know, there was no ball movement. There was no like team effort for the second half. Um, and you know, I, I thought, well, well, I had thought this from the beginning of, of the playoffs, the Suns are going to win because they're just too dominant. And I don't think they have an answer for, for CP3 and Booker, sorry, or Aiden for that, for that matter. So looking at game one, I just saw utter dominance, um, Broken Portis are just way too big to, um, you know, defend the guards. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be Suns in five. So, I mean, like, for me, I, I of course, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. I do believe that the Suns will win it. I think it might take six games as opposed to your five. But I could also see it going, you know, you know, four. <laughs> Suns in four. Suns in four? Suns in four. Because... You know what, like the way that they played, and I I will just quickly add this. The Bucks did have a nice little run there in the at the like beginning of the fourth. They did go on a on a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Um thanks in part to Chris Middleton. But at the end of the day, like that's that's all that's all they have. Right. Drew Drew was a no show. Um Giannis is I know everybody's saying he's playing on one leg, but, but you know when the when the Giannis injury happened in the last round, I kind of knew because of the way he walked off the court. But I was also very like, you know, I didn't want to jinx it. I was being hopeful. I was like, I don't think it was anything structural. I think it was just a legit hyperextended knee. And sure enough, that's all it was. It was just a hyperextension. Mm-hmm. Still painful. You know, there could still be like some bruising and some swelling, whatnot going on down there. But I was actually surprised by how athletic he was to, yeah. to start game one. I mean, with that, that chase down block that everybody's comparing <laughs> to the LeBron block on Iggy. To the GOAT's block? Yeah, yeah. Not the GOAT, no, <laughs> no. But it was just... It was near, like, it similar. Kinda, it, almost exact, yes, actually. Eerie, eerily similar. But the way he did it, because you know that he's coming off a hyperextended knee, you were just kind of like, oh, shoot. Like, he, he mm-hmm. really just did that. Um, but at the same time, it was coming after a bad play. And, and this is kind of what I wanted to, to dive into because I kind of said it at the beginning, like before the series happened, we talked about it last week. And I think I was even texting you guys about it. You and Lawrence, I was like, I think Jay Crowder is going to be a factor. Oh my gosh. You know what the Jay Crowder stuff? Uh, tell me not. Tell me not. All Jay right. Crowder. I really think, I really think he's on. T- tell okay. the people why. Tell, tell everyone why. Okay. So 
Malika Andrews, great reporting by her, by the way, in her first NBA Finals appearance. I thought she was awesome. I think it was was very well-deserved. I actually love Malika Andrews. I follow her on Instagram and other forms of social media because I think she's very crafted at what she does. But um, she mentioned, and I didn't think about it. I don't know if you realized it. There's only one player from the Bucks or the Suns who has any NBA Finals um, experience. And that person is Jay Crowder. Last, last year in the bubble. N- yeah. Last year's NBA <laughs> Finals. He has six games worth of NBA Finals experience. But at the end of the day, that's still something. That's better than nothing. And then everybody is going to look, people like you, are going to look at the, the box score. I was about to. I was looking about no, to. I, I know. I. This is why I brought this up. Because I prepared for this. Go ahead. Let 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 the people hear his stat line. Go ahead. Let's see. Hold on. Wait. One second. Right here. So, uh, the Suns. Jay Crowder played thirty three minutes, and in those thirty three minutes, one point, one point nine rebounds, zero assists, zero for eight from the field, zero for five from three. He made one free throw, a block, and two turnovers. Although his plus minus was nineteen. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's, that's your. That's, that's your. Key. Uh, okay. But he, he look at the plus minus. Look at the plus minus compared to every other Suns player. Look at his plus minus. Okay, it's it, it's the highest one out of all. The it's the highest one out of <laughs> all the Suns players, because this is the tricky thing with box scores. People initially they're going to see that oh he had no points in thirty three minutes oh he's a bum he missed one of two free throws he's mm-hmm. a bum. It's the little things that don't show up on the box score. It's the the nagging defense, and this is where I'm talking about Jay Crowder. I, I've been saying this all season long. As a Miami Heat fan, I'm so sad that we lost Jay Crowder. That, that he left us mm-hmm. because, you know, we couldn't pay him the amount that he deserved because he does the little things that you look for in a player. We talked about this with like the Boston Celtics who they don't have an identity or like these other struggling teams who they don't have an identity. Jay Crowder knows who he is, right? Even though he has, he's the only one with finals experience. He dropped an egg. He dropped zero points. Okay. But he still impacted the game in different ways, mainly by means of his defense, and who did he guard most of the time? Giannis Adetokounmpo. Can I can I rebuttal real quick? Yes, please, please do. So, so out of all of the great defenders that are in the league, and also that Giannis has played in the playoffs, including Bam Adebayo, somewhat Kevin Durant, you know, in that in that series, you think Jay Crowder is going to be the ultimate Giannis stopper in the playoffs? Oh no, no, no. Okay, by okay. no means, no. Because there was that one play during the game where Giannis just straight up just goes right past Jay Crowder. I'm assuming because he was kind of like late to the punch or like just didn't react quick enough. But still, that's mm-hmm. one play. Um, but you're right, though. He did stop Giannis for most of the game. But I think it's an anomaly. What do you think? I'm, I do. I think this, this particular game, that particular stat line is an anomaly because I feel like we're <laughs> going to be line. due. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be oh. due for a Jay Crowder game where he's going to go off for, you know, four or five three threes in a okay. game. Yeah. Four five threes in a game. Like he's due for one because, you know, like it was, it was after his birthday. It's game one of the NBA finals, you know, after he, his birthday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys like that. I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, 
but the Suns need somebody like Jay Crowder, especially with the fact that Dario Saric is now out mm-hmm. for the rest of the series with that uh, torn ACL, you know, which is absolutely devastating because he's somebody that gives you size and can spread the floor. Mm. He's length, you know, like That's true. offensively. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to be drawing out Brook Lopez. You're going to be drawing out Bobby Portis. You're going to be doing all these other things. We saw in the last series with the Clippers where Dario Sarge, he can you know hit two, three, three pointers in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he can have like a little spark here and there. And now you're going to be relying on Jay Crowder to do that, which is why I think we're going to be due for a Jay Crowder game. Could be tonight. It could be sometime in Milwaukee. We never know. Yeah. We never know. Make a prediction right now for Jay Crowder's stat line points, rebounds, and assists right now before the game starts. Okay. Tonight, Jay Crowder <laughs> will finish the game playing 35 minutes. He will have nine points. Nine he points. He will have nine Dang. points. Okay. Okay. Nine points. He's going to have four rebounds, two assists, four personal fouls. Okay. All right. His plus minus, I'll even go a step further. His <laughs> plus minus will be a plus 15. Okay. You heard it here first, people. Let's see if that's true. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Um, quickly, let me let me ask you this, because you know, I'm talking about Jay Crowder, who we all know is not the star of this Suns team. Mm-hmm. You have potentially or arguably rather three stars of this team. What do you think? Or what did you think after seeing game one of the Suns' big ver- – like their version of the big three? What were your takeaways? Wait, so do you not see them as a big three? I mean, like like in – not, of course, in like a, you know, Wade, LeBron, Bosch kind of big three, but like, a you know, a, a three-person, you know, like part of the team that you can see as like a threat. Because they the, are the, not the Bucks have a big three in a sense. They got Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. Like that's their big. They're three. not a. It hasn't been solidified yet, because when you think about it, Aiton has only really come to form in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then people are going to make the argument like, "Oh, you know, the Lakers were injured. Oh, Denver was injured. You know, the the Clippers, Clippers were injured. <laughs> yeah, people are going to make that argument." Yeah, but you can see progressively as the, the playoffs have gone on, he has risen to the occasion. He has surpassed expectations. Yes. I think arguably has been one of the you know the biggest turnarounds this season. Like if we had Julius Randle be the most improved player of the regular season, if we were to do that, vice versa for the you know the postseason, I feel like it, it would you cut you would kind of have to go to DeAndre Ayton. I agree with that. Dominating. That's true. I'm sorry. So then what was your question before I brought that up? So the question is, what were your takeaways from or regarding those big three, that that big three? It's it just works so well together. Like they're always on the same page. You've got CP and Aiden doing pick and roll. Um, and and it's just crazy because here you had Booker and Aiden who already established their own connection. And then Chris Paul comes in just this year and it already feels like they're They've been like teammates for like five, 10 years. It just that's what it feels like. Um, but I think it's just perfect. You got the the um, like the perfect ideal point guard. You've got a nice, agile, you know, um, versatile big in DeAndre Aiden. And you got Devin Booker, who's also like just a mid-range killer. I mean, it's it's a really good big three. 
that I think just surpasses Milwaukee's quote unquote big three? You know, like for me, I like it, it's crazy because there's flashes of it where like they're all three of them, they're just killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all on the same page. And then there's moments where you could tell maybe this is to the genius of Chris Paul, you know, being point God is that there's moments where I feel like they slow the game down so drastically. And then they kind of go into this like ISO situation where they'll get a switch. And then it's Chris Paul versus the big, which, you know, X's and O's wise, like that's extremely smart because he could torch Bobby Portis. He could torch Barbecue Brooke chicken. Lopez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I feel like in theory it's super effective because CP3 can go off. But my fear is what, you know, relying too heavily on that what happens if you know cp3 has an off day what if you know the bucks surprisingly make adjustments i'm just kidding they they make (laughs) adjustments and stuff but what if they make adjustments to where now all of a sudden they wall up cp3 and he can't get to his favorite spots he can't get to that that elbow at the free throw line or you know that little run across the key that he does for a fadeaway jumper what do you do then that's highly unlikely i think because because even if CP is going left, he's still going to go dribble right and try to get that, that elbow jumper. He's finding his spots. Um, and like you said, like the Bucks, they just can't adjust the way that Coach Monty can. Or like, you know, like it's just a matter of, of a coaching, you know, uh, battle at this point, too, as well as, you know, the players. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think that that CP3 is just controlling this this series here. Like they might even go as far as like living or dying by how CP3 does, you know. I mean, I mean, sure, like he doesn't need the 30 points, 10 assists, but like at least, dude, they ran the pick and roll every single time, like high high pick yes. and roll every single play. Because I can't works. stop it. Yeah, they can't, they can't, can't stop, stop it. it. And let's say that CP CP3 doesn't, you know, is having an off day. You got Devin Booker right there, you know, do the same exact thing. And then Cook, Brooke Lopez as well. So I mean, you got two threats there. Again, if they're off, then yeah, they're gonna lose. But I highly doubt both of them is gonna be off. No way. Let's stick. Let's stick with CP3 real quick. I just want to kind of stay on this. But how? First of all, I know how I felt. I want to ask how you felt. Mm-hmm. Did your heart stop the same way my heart stopped when CP3 went up for a three and Ooh. landed on Brooke Lopez's foot and twisted his ankle, rolled his ankle? See, I did for a split second. Then I was like, oh, he probably flopped because <laughs> because, you know, he's he's a master. He's a master flopper. You, you you can't lie. He's a master flopper. He does it often. Um, But he was on the ground. For no, but when you watch the though. replay, he really did. Roll yeah, 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 yeah. But then he got yeah. up and he, he got up and it was like, oh, it was nothing. You know, like he kind of right. just walked it off. <laughs> right. I mean, it was a four point play. Yeah. That, that was crazy, there. though. He just threw it. It, up. Was, it was crazy. Yeah. Perfect form, perfect form. I, I, the reason why I kind of want to stick on to CP3 real quick, he finished with 32 points, nine assists. Um, he shot really, really well. Only missed, what, seven shots, I believe? He missed seven shots. Yeah. The thing with CP3, let me ask you this. Do you think this game, the game one, do you think like, do you think that was like his master class? Like that was like his, no, his dude. masterpiece? His masterpiece was against the Clippers in game what six. was it? Game six. Yeah, they, they yeah. got like, like forty one or forty. I forgot yes, forty one. Forty piece. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. Hands down. He was just he. 
he was, you know, different animal, but also the same beast. And, you know, in that game where like, you knew, this is what I wanted to talk about. You know, I said I would bring it up later on. If they lose that game and they go to a game seven, I don't know if the Suns win it. (laughs) (laughs) No, the the Suns win it because there's no Kawhi. It's it's simple. Because look, yeah, sure. Chris Paul might choke, but then also Paul George that can choke as well. So, right, but then you're you know they they had already lost you know to to the to the Kawhi-less Clippers. True, true. And the, and after having a three-one lead, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you you have a three-one lead, and then next thing you know it's three-two. You're playing in Game Six where where they seal the deal. It was just good. Like I was happy to see it because we saw this throughout all of Chris Paul's career where. They would get so close and something tragic would happen and everything would just fall apart. You saw in game six, he went to another level, which is why I think it was his masterpiece because he was not going to allow that history of failure hold him back from making it to the NBA finals because he's a dog. Man, honestly, this is we talked about this on the last show. This is this is his window of opportunity. This is for it. sure next year. Yeah, they, they could be in the mix, but. I don't know, man. The, the healthy LeBron, everything is just lined up. Jamal Murray, healthy Kawhi, hopefully. Like, yeah, I don't know yes. about that. Healthy Clay. Yeah. So, yeah, the stars are aligned for Chris Paul right now to to mm-hmm. win the NBA Finals. Have like this whole like Cinderella story type thing, where you know coming into the league in 2005, here it is 16 years later, right? In his first NBA Finals appearance, drops a 32 piece. <laughs> Almost a double double. Like it's, can I, it's, can it's I ask almost you a question? Too good to be true. Sure. Okay. This has been a, a rampant question among the uh, debates in you know ESPN, undisputed, whatever. Right? Are the Bucks better without Giannis? Because because granted, they won obviously you know the three cap. They've won the last two games of the ECF against the Hawks. You know without Giannis, Giannis comes back for this game, game one, and they lose by fifteen. So like you know we've talked about it previously how Giannis kind of stops the momentum he's dribbling 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 and then driving in kind of ruining their like you know um ball movement so to say so like would the Bucks have fared better without Giannis in this series so for me I think that they are not better without Giannis those two games you saw against Atlanta where they won without Giannis forced guys to step up mm-hmm. right good point just because Giannis is out or just because Giannis is in the game doesn't mean you could take a back seat. I think they rely too heavily on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Good point. I feel like, I feel like what you saw in, in, in the last game or sorry, in the last round against the Hawks, you saw, especially Drew holiday, everybody's waiting for the Drew holiday game to show up and he finally shows up and he played really well. Those last two games yeah. to, to clinch, you know, a final spot. Then you have Giannis coming back, and it's kind of like you saw like how it was when they were losing, where you're relying so heavily on Giannis. And yes, Giannis is playing kind of on one leg. I, I know everybody's like, oh, he looked amazing in that first half, but he was different in the second half. And anybody who's an athlete who plays sports, everybody knows that, especially when you're playing a game where you have quarters, periods, whatever, when you get that prolonged period of rest, and then you have to try to come back into playing a game, you stiffen up. With injuries and stuff like that, if you have a nagging, you know, ankle injury, you're gonna you're loose for, prior to the game. You're loose, you know, in the first two quarters of the game. You go into halftime, you come out, you're gonna be stiff unless you're doing something during halftime to keep it loose. 
So I feel what happened to Giannis, you know, I don't know what happened in the locker room, whatever the case is, but I think he started to stiffen up a little bit where that's why you saw the offense run through Chris Middleton more, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily a bad thing because we've seen what Chris Middleton can do. You know, there's, there's, off, though. there's, there's like this, <laughs> there's like this whole thing on, on social media right now regarding Chris Middleton, where it's like a vicious cycle where like, you know, he plays like a bum, the media criticizes <laughs> him, you know, he, he plays really well. He then becomes underrated. Then he plays like he's prime MJ and he takes over a game <laughs> and then he's back to playing like a bum. Like it's, and this, what's wild is if you compare his stats this season to last season, they're almost exactly identical. Really? Like, yes. Oh, they're all, okay. like, it's just like very, very minute changes. And it's kind of like, Somebody who plays this consistently, he's having moments in games where everybody's like, oh, my God, Chris Middleton, you know, like he's, you know, he's a rising star. Like he does this. This is what he does. So when he has a bad game, it's really a bad game. And that's mm-hmm. when you need somebody like Drew Holiday to step up. I don't care if Giannis is in the lineup or not. I, You know, I am going to hold Drew accountable because you are supposed to be the point guard of the team. They gave up a buttload of pieces to get you. Right. You have to produce now. I, I. When Blake Griffin came to the Nets, it was like a resurgence in his career. Same with LaMarcus Aldridge. I think everybody who's anticipating the same would be said for P.J. Tucker. Mm. I don't – like, everybody's like, oh, you know, he's playing with the Bucks now. You know, that's it. You know, it's a wrap. He's playing on a winning team. It was good there for a little bit, but thus far in the playoffs, like, he's he's been non-existent <laughs> offensively. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird to see. Like – which worries me. This is why I have the Suns winning it because outside of Giannis, Middleton, and Drew and Holiday, where's your where's your scoring going to come from, bro? Brooke Lopez, man, come on. <laughs> like, like, but but I think that's where they shine though because they're a great defensive team. But then you saw in Game One they couldn't defend CP or Book. I was like, oh my gosh, like I I thought. Uh, Tucker would play the last quarter, but he didn't. It was more Giannis at the five and uh, Pat Connaughton playing in the lineup. I was like, oh, I'm surprised. And even Forbes, too. I was like, what? But, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, with, with Tucker, like, who is he going to – how is he going to flourish in the series? Like, who is he going to guard? You know, like – That's the main issue. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the like, main issue. Who's he, who's he going to guard? Like, <laughs> like, I understand for the for the East – you know, like it, like matchup, like defensively, you know, defensive matchups. Like it makes sense to have PJ Tucker out there, but against his Suns team, who's he going to guard? Like it <laughs> doesn't, no it doesn't make sense having him out there. You know what I mean? But then the dilemma now becomes: who do you play in place of PJ Tucker? It's got to be Connaughton. You can't play Forbes, man. Forbes is Brent Forbes. Oh my no, <laughs> like, no! Do not play Brent Forbes. He, he played. He but. played twelve minutes. Dropped six points. Like, <laughs> th- like think about it. So out, outside of their starting five, they played Bobby Portis fourteen minutes. He had five points. They played Jeff Teague, who a lot of people forgot was even on the Milwaukee Bucks. I did plays too. ten minutes. He drops three points. Then you have Pat Connington, who plays twenty eight minutes. Twenty eight <laughs> minutes. And in those 28 minutes, drops eight points. Then you have Brent Forbes, who plays 12 minutes and scores six points. Like, it just doesn't <laughs> – and then you compare that to, like, with the, the the scoring output of the Phoenix Suns and, like – Oof. The cams? Like, I mean, you got Cam Johnson, you got Cam Payne. They had a 10-piece each. You know what I mean? Um, 
but the the main difference was that starting five where you know the it, it look it's kind of <laughs> scary because it's almost identical where everybody in the starting five for both teams is in double digits with the exception of one player for the Bucks it was PJ Tucker for the Suns it was Jay Crowder right right but he was primarily the big three of you know Sun, the Suns point guard the Suns shooting guard and then their center bro but dropping you know more than twenty apiece. But like you see those games though, like like game one, like the Suns have their offense figured out. It's a matter of who just gets the shot and who gets the points. Like I felt watching right, the game, right. like every single time the Suns were on, were on offense, they're gonna score. But it's a matter of how. Is it pick and roll? Yeah. Is it Aiden dunking? Right, Is it Cam right. Johnson three in the corner? With the Bucks, it's like, uh, like I don't know who's gonna score. I hope it's you know one of the big three. You know, <laughs> like, right. like it's gonna be honest again, like and again and again and again. Like who knows with with the Bucks right. offense. Well, like with the thing that concerns me with the Bucks' offense is you have Drew Holiday plays forty minutes, forty minutes, and he drops ten points. Dang. Granted, he had nine assists, he had seven rebounds, and like, yes, he's playing defense. What was his um, three point percentage, by the way? Zero. Out of what though? Zero out of four. Okay, I thought it was more than that. Never mind. But yeah, I mean, he's no, he, 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 he shot man. four for fourteen, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shot four for fourteen. Like it's not it's not any better, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but then like you you have somebody like Brooke Lopez who scores more than him, like which is I don't know. Like I, I have weird things like that. Like if you're supposed to be part of a big three, you have to contribute like you're part of the big three. Like you the, the Suns big three, like you each of them scored over 20 points. Milwaukee, it's Giannis, Chris Middleton, that's it. <laughs> So I feel like if the the Bucks are going to have a chance in this NBA Finals, Drew Holiday has to be scoring at least twenty, at least. I agree with that. I think I think he's scared of CP three. That, that's my be? opinion. Because like, think about it. Like like you know he's faced Trey Young, Kyrie Irving. You know he's not really that much of a of a dog. He is though, but like not like a you know you know showy you know kind of type of dog. But and then he's faced uh, who in the first round. Oh, a Tyler Hero or Dragic, like you yeah. know, like basically, yeah. like like not kids, but like you know, like not as experienced, not as like legendary per se. Then you see Chris Paul; it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's point god. Like, I'm supposed to. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you're playing pickup ball and you're kind of scoping the the competition, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I could take that guy, I could take that guy. So when you play with confidence, like, oh yeah, you know, I I could take this guy. And then you see that one person that you know is really good and you're mashed up against him. You're like, ah, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> it's like that. Like, that's yeah. how I, I picture it to be. And, and I feel like partially it could be because Drew Holiday is not a true point guard. Listen, I'm not, I'm not like bashing Ooh. on Drew Holiday. I love, I love Drew Holiday. I love his personality. I love the things he stands for. I love, you know, his personality. I love the way he hustles both offensively and defensively. All I'm saying is if the Bucks are going to have a chance, he just needs to have more of an offensive output. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the, the keys to Phoenix really taking this thing is going to be DeAndre Ayton because the Bucks do not have an answer for him. Yep. I think he'll be MVP of, of the finals. No, I think it'll be CP3. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Aiden. It's going to be Aiden. I, I, think, I, think, I think it'll be CP3. Because <laughs> the storylines, the narrative and everything like that is, is oh, going to be CP3. You know what? And well, yeah, in that case, yeah. But like, 
maybe yeah. like stat wise, he might get a twenty twenty game. Who knows? Right. You know, like right, right. A few of those, maybe. I mean, he'll put up. <laughs> he'll put up crazy number. I mean, he had twenty two points, nineteen rebounds. Yeah, like that's a, that's bonkers. That's wild <laughs> to me. And he shot eighty percent. He shot eighty percent. Like he's he is. I don't want to say unicorn because unicorn is a term that's used so loosely now. But DeAndre Ayton is the center that every NBA team wishes they had mm-hmm. because he is a true center. He could post up. He has mid-range game. He can hit, you know, a couple deep shots here and there. And he's an excellent free throw shooter. It's not like Giannis who is abysmal from the, you know, free throw line, mm-hmm. you know, and on top of that, like he. Aiden's got a shot. I mean, too. It's kind of like a nice mid-range shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bit, like yeah. he he has he has he has a nice face up game. You know, it's kind of like I feel like the closest comparison you can give him is a he's the healthier, more conditioned version of Joel Embiid. Maybe not necessarily the the skill and talent, but I mean mm-hmm. he's still pretty talented and skilled. It's just he's a healthier comparing him version to Joel Embiid. Of Joel Embiid. Dang. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's I mean. <laughs> You know, it, it's it's almost like he's what the Bucks fans wish Giannis could be, in the sense <laughs> of having an outside shot, a that consistent hurts, and efficient outside shot, For a and a consistent MVP, free throw that, shot. That hurts, that hurts to hear, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I, I I have to call it as I see it. Nothing else, Giannis. Giannis is amazing. He's definitely like a top five, top ten, you know, player in the league. Yeah, you know, you can't deny it. Like, so for me, I, I think it'll be. As much as it, you know, book is in the equation, CP3 is in the equation. I think a large part of it will be DeAndre Eaton. Now, on the flip side, what is needed for Milwaukee to mount a comeback to have a chance to win this thing? What do you think they need to do? My honest answer: the Suns has got to miss shots, man. That's that's really it. Like <laughs> they, they, can't do, they can't do anything about the Suns. Like. I'm not saying that like out of just pure like blindness, like like seeing what I'm seeing from the Suns and how dominant they are. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like especially if Giannis is going to be like playing like that and like not getting others involved, or Drew not Drew not showing up or scoring a twenty piece. Nah, I don't think the Bucks have a chance. And plus, like at first I was like, hmm, like the teams match up pretty well. You know, you've got Crowder, Tucker, Giannis, and Aiden, and Drew and CP3. But now I'm like, this is uneven. I think it's uneven matchup. It's not fair. It's way not fair. The reason, the reason I think it's it's uneven is the bench. That too. It's it's that night too. and day. The the bugs are just so <laughs> thin. They're so thin. Oh, uh, when you're relying on Jeff Teague and Pat Connaughton <laughs> and like, Brent Forbes, bro. Brent Forbes. I I saw him like turn over the ball. I think, and then Coach Bud just calls another guy to like you know sub in, bro. It was so funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, like it's kind of it's kind of sad because like it, it, they they really have like looking at the rest of their bench, like a lot. There's some names on here. I'm I promise you, you don't even know. E. Bryant, <laughs> do you know who that is? No. S. Merrill. <laughs> Bro, it's Jay not fair. We're Nora. Bunch players now. What? Who's Jay Jackson? <laughs> it's not Jaron Jackson. No, it's not. No, definitely not. I mean, there's there's Thanasis. Thanasis, bro, he's a cheerleader. He's not even a, he's not, he's not even a player. He's a cheerleader at this point. Um, and then you compare it to the to the Suns. Like you, they, there's some names on here. Like every everybody knows these names. 
for the most part. <laughs> at least the ones that got playing time, at least. Yeah. Also, by the way, a uh, quick update. End of the first, the Bucks are up three, 29-26. So, okay. Okay. For now. For now. For now. <laughs> for now. Um, but before before we go on to, to hot takes, I just kind of wanted to bring this up too. Two things, actually. The first one I want to say is Kevin O'Connor referred to Drew Holiday as Drew Bledsoe, which I thought was really messed up. Wow. <laughs> Don't do him like that. Don't do him like that. But I but I digress. What I wanted to bring up was I mentioned how DeAndre Eaton has probably like the, the craziest turnaround in a single NBA season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about regular season and then like the drastic change from regular season to playoffs. Like, kudos to DeAndre Ayton. Kudos to him, like, absorbing everything Chris Paul is telling him. Right. Completely absorbing it. Is there anybody in your mind, maybe this season, past seasons, who has had a faster turnaround in their career than DeAndre Ayton? Oh, I'm just curious. Man. Put on the I know I'm putting like you on this. the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot. but I can't think of anyone right now, but I feel like I feel like you have someone in mind that you want to share. Do you? or I do. Who is it? I, you know, I, I'm kind of oh, biting wait, off a... Wait, is it is it Heat player? Is no, no, player? no, no, okay, no, 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 right. no, okay. no, 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 no. All right, all right. It's wild because it took DeAndre in about a full season. It took him about a year to have a crazy career turnaround. It took Cam Reddish about one and a half quarters, maybe an hour and a half. Cam Reddish. Have a complete career turnaround. <laughs> Tell me that I was I was texting you and um and Lawrence. I was like, man, if they had just played him, <laughs> if they just started him in the beginning, it could have gone game seven. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Home I, didn't, was I didn't watch that game though. I, w- I wish I did. Oh my gosh, man, he was like I'm telling six you. or seven from three, something like that, right? Like he went six something threes. crazy, yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. Like he went off bro he went off like and i'm telling <laughs> you the crowd was so in it and like no fear yeah hand in the face he was just pulling up lighting it up i was like this is the cam reddish that everybody's been waiting for i know like the whole like injury is and everything like that mm-hmm. i i i know lawrence would agree with me i have such high hopes for this hawks team next season especially if they bring yeah, back all back. these pieces oh man you have a healthy DeAndre Hunter. You have a, a healthy Cam Reddish. I'm telling you, man. People were people were like I was ragging I was on him for sure. I I because I saw him the first time I saw Cam Reddish was when he was a high school recruit or a college recruit coming out of high school, and then when he signed with Duke along with Zion and R.J. Barrett, everybody was like losing their minds. Like <laughs> this is the big three of the NCAA. And then, like, he kind of faded into the background, you know, for Duke. But at the same time, he had games where he was, like, the leading scorer. He was the guy that was changing momentum just mm-hmm. from a single shot because this dude is lights out from beyond. Lights out. Yep. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, we saw we saw um, Tyler Hero last year, right? The crazy unexpected season that Tyler Hero has. Yes, yes. You know, same thing with John Moran. Everybody, even though he went number two, he was crazy unexpected. I think a lot of people kind of forgot about Cam Reddish. And now we're seeing what Cam Reddish was supposed to be Mm -hmm. when he's healthy. And on top of that, he's your prototypical 3 and D guy. That's the type of player you want on your team. Yes. 
For sure. And then now with the and the, and and on top of that, you called it. Props to you. Atlanta Hawks are bringing back Nate McMillan. Yes, four year deal, right? They haven't they haven't said the money yet, but it's four year deal. I mean, whatever <laughs> it takes. Because I mean, the way they played when he took over to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, man, that team is yeah. going to be scary next year. They're going to be sure. scary. This season's not like this. This year's not even over. I'm ready for next season. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, in six months. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. Don't remind me. Gotta enjoy it now. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean that that kind of wraps up like what I wanted to talk about for for the playoffs. Now there's just like some other things that I kind of wanted to bring up for our hot take segment of this week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being. It was reported earlier in the week that the Sixers declined a trade deal involving Malcolm Brogdon and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons. Do you think the Sixers made a mistake? No, because looking at, I mean, sure, Brogdon has more offensive abilities than Ben Simmons, but from their reasoning, they want an all-star caliber level player. And Brogdon isn't isn't that guy just yet, you know? I mean, like like thinking it, you know, from face value, Brogdon is an all-star. No, he's not. So they want an all-star for an all-star. So they gotta just wait and see what their options are. Two things for you. I think Malcolm Brogdon, not this year, but in, you know, maybe a year, year or two ago. I think he was an all-star at one point. I think he is a one-time all-star. I could be wrong. I didn't I didn't do my no, homework on that. that. I mean, let me see while you talk. Hold on. Go ahead. Okay. So aside from that. I also kind of, you know, you're saying trade an all-star for an all-star. After what we saw Ben Simmons do in the playoffs, does does he still have that trade value? Like, is he still? No, no, God, exa- no. That, see, that's 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 my thinking. It, like, I low-key feel like tr- Malcolm Brogdon is like a more defensive um, version of a Kyle Lowry. Where like he could get a shot off, he could get to the cup. You know, he he plays defense a lot better. I think I honestly think it could have been you know something special there. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been something special. Um, I mean, so for for that and a first round pick, if I were the Sixers, I would have I would have taken it. <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, but I know they're looking for something better. The question is, are yeah. they, are they going to? I think maybe because they don't want to like do Ben dirty by like. You know, like trading him for someone that's not like an quote unquote all star. By the way, yeah, he was an all star, mm-hmm. never an all star. By the way, oh, okay, but, uh, my my apologies. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, I I also think that they're they have hopes. Maybe there's talks of something bigger in the works. I don't like Daryl Morey. He's kind of the mastermind behind the scenes, and we've seen what he did while in Houston. You know, he knows how to pull certain strings mm-hmm. and make certain deals happen. Um, we talked earlier about, you know, the, the Eastern conference finals briefly want to touch on the Western conference finals. I don't know if you knew this, but apparently Pat Beverly will be suspended <laughs> for the first game of next season <laughs> without pay, right? <laughs> without pay for shoving Chris Paul. Honestly, it's just one game though. Like I feel like it should have been a little bit more than that. Don't you think? I'm like, my 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 opinion is does isn't even worthy of a one game suspension. Like it was, <laughs> it was so petty. It was yeah, very petty. I mean, it, yeah, it was petty on his part. But I mean, you know, he pushed him. I mean, it did look bad though. Like there was some like whiplash there. 
Yeah. I'm surprised CP3 wasn't hurt more. But he was loving it. He was clapping and stuff. Um, That's right. Man, man you know, there's 30, 30 the, the next game. So it's like, right. It really matter. Like, what do you get pushing that? Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll save, because I was going to say, I think the NBA, the refs, both have gotten a little bit soft over the last few years. We'll save that for a different <laughs> a different episode. You think? You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll dive deeper into that. Um, the next thing I wanted to get into, right? We talked about last podcast, the um, Team USA roster. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. We, 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 we talked about this last episode. You think they're going to go for gold, right? You think they're going to win it to, you know. Yes, I think they are. Because they have KD. They have KD, and they have Jason Tatum rocking number 10. Number 10. Famously worn by the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. Yes. So hopefully he channels his inner um, Kobe. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw this one out there. Jeremy Grant will be wearing number nine for Team USA, hoping... That he channels his inner, this guy right here, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. No, that's his number in, who, in, on the Pistons, man. It's the number on the Pistons. Relax. No, 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 no. It's all because of this guy right here. <laughs> because sure this that? guy right here famously rocked number nine for Team USA. Fun fact. Fun fact. Do you know who else rocked number nine for Team USA? No, who did? The GOAT Michael Jordan also spotted... The number nine. Speaking team. speaking of goats, guess oh, who's gosh, wearing number six for Team USA? Oh, we already know. Read between the lines, baby. Read between the guess lines. Who's we already wearing, know who it is. Guess who's wearing number six? AKA Lillard. LeBron's LeBron's current yes, LeBron's <laughs> current jersey number, and now Damian Lillard's Team USA jersey number. Again, it's not a coincidence, people. This is just. You know things in the making here. It's it's it's, it's all leading up to a certain you know a certain you... outcome. <laughs> I believe it now. I believe it. It's it's confirmed. The, it's confirmed. At I this wish point. the it's... I wish that people saw your face like, <laughs> as I was speaking. That was great. I was like, oh man, here we go. It has to be about Dame. Everybody's reading between the lines. He's going to yes. come to the Lakers. Um, I mean, if we're talking about that, you know, you know who's wearing, you know, number seven. Kevin Durant's Kevin rocking Dur- number seven. Jer- Jeremy Lin, baby. He's coming, <laughs> he's coming to Brooklyn. It's, it's he's like coming that. back. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. He's coming back uh. to Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something else I wanted to to quickly talk about before we kind of wrap things up. Um, and th- I, I think this will be a good way to kind of end hot takes because we talked about this. Uh, the last time you and I were in person, and I kind of wanted to to hash this out now. Mm-hmm. You, we brought up the fact, or you mentioned, that whoever wins this year, you're going to have to put an asterisk next to this championship. Yes. Do you still feel that way? Yes. Why? Because, all right, let, let, let's just go for the East, for example. In the East, right? If um, KD isn't hurt, does do the Bucks move on? I don't know. In the Eastern Conference Finals, if Trey Young is not hurt, do they move on? I don't know about that. Now in the West, for the Suns, if LeBron the GOAT and AD are fully healthy, do the Suns move on? 
I don't know about that. Next round, if Jamal Murray's playing, does Chris Paul get these easy matchups? I don't know. And then for the Clippers, if Kawhi's playing, does do, do the Suns win in advance to the finals? I don't know about that. So clearly, the stars align for both the teams, Bucks and the Suns. This is their only chance for the next five years, I believe. That's that's kind of overdoing it, but it's their only good chance of getting the you know getting the Larry O'Brien Trophy this season. I feel like it's it's hard to make the argument that an NBA championship deserves an asterisk because of injuries. No, no, no. But but the amount of injuries that have taken place in the postseason, opposed to other postseasons, is outrageously big, or you know, larger the number of injuries you know in previous postseasons. That's all. Two things. Number one, I'm starting. If you go back in the history of the NBA playoffs and and the NBA finals, you're going to find teams who with key players that have gone down to injuries or you know other mishaps along the way. Number two. The other, the other point I wanted to make was the type of injury and the way that these injuries are sustained, right? For example, you have Kyrie. It wasn't like he tore an ACL. It's not like he fractured a, a bone or anything like that. He landed on somebody. He landed on somebody's leg. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Trey Young. He stepped on somebody's foot. Same right. thing with Giannis. Somebody literally fell onto his leg. It's not because of like, you know, wear and tear and grind. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I know everybody's make, make the argument, oh, it's a contributor. The, the, the high intensity of the games and the, the back-to-backs and the back-to-back-to-backs and the condensed schedule and made the players' bodies weaker. But when you think about it, if anything, that argument can be used now compared to the past because now you have, you know, the, what is it, the Cairo – whatever you know the chamber to to heal sore muscles and stuff like that and you have the the knowledge that these team doctors have now and physical therapists and a lot of these players have their own personal trainers to stay you know healthy throughout the you know a rigorous nba season even if it is condensed as opposed to you know in the 90s and early 2000s where there were still a lot of unknowns medical advances were not what they are now you know, the, the the way people thought was different back then in terms of okay. recovery. So I feel like, you know, like when you're talking about the injuries that have been sustained this year, like when you look at the injuries, think about like the real, like true devastating injuries. For example, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. you know, tore an ACL. At the same time, though, if Jamal Murray plays, do they beat the Phoenix Suns? No, but it wouldn't be a sweep. Exactly. But they, they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't beat the Suns. Or like you look at wait, wait, question though, question though. Given yeah. an entirely healthy 16 teams in the postseason, are the Suns and Bucks in the finals guaranteed? No. No. Okay. There we go. There we go. But see, but see that, that. like that's the but that's that's the thing though. Like you look back at the you know, with the exception of like in the nineties with the Bulls. Or like in the 2010s with like the the Warriors and the Cavs, where it was guaranteed everybody knew he was going to make it every single year. This year has probably been the craziest year with you know players being in different places and all these trades and the whole nine yards. So it's like the players and the teams that we have this year are different from the players and teams that we had last year. And I feel like even though you put you you, you say something along the lines of if everybody was 100 percent healthy, the playoffs are going to be different. 
Yeah, obviously it's going to be different because everybody's healthy. You can say <laughs> that about last season. You can say that about two seasons ago. You can say that about 10 years ago. If everybody was healthy, would those have been the matchups? Would those have been the outcomes? You know, the first time the Cavs and Warriors play in the NBA Finals, if Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are both 100% healthy, do the Warriors win that season? Who knows? Right, right. But but at least there's some clear um, clear fact in that the finals for the past 10 or so years have involved either Curry or, or LeBron. I mean, you know, that's kind of like a weak stat to, to pull this argument, but like having them in the finals was kind of like, oh, like it's a normal finals because at least one of them is in the, in the finals. Last year, right. LeBron, the Heat, and then uh, Curry and Toronto in 2019. So it's like that, that they're not being there shows that, oh, it's not only a, you know, be accustomed to how it's been for the past 10 or so years. Then not being the finals is like, oh, like, this, is, this is strange. Like, this is not normal. You know what I mean? Like my, but like my, my argument is like because of the injuries, I don't think it necessarily deserve deserves an asterisk next to it. Whereas, like for example, you take into consideration the 1999 season, that was extremely condensed, and the turnaround from when the lockout ended to when the players had to report for uh, report for camp and the start of the season, again, different time period. Players now they have personal trainers; they're always ready. Like look at Jimmy Butler in the off season; he's always ready. NBA, you know, Miami Heat players, Heat culture, they're always ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> but during that season, you have guys that are coming back, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight. Yeah. So, like, injuries skyrocket because of that. You have teams that are typically really good. They're not as good because it was a short, you know, the lock, it was a lockout season. Like, in that sense, that, that year could be considered an asterisk season because of the lockout, because they didn't have – ample time to be game ready you can make the same argument for like the the 2010-2011 season with the lockout you know even though like everybody knew Miami was going to make it to the NBA finals because they have LeBron for the first time or no Mm -hmm. excuse me uh for the second time um you know coming off of their loss but like you know who really thought that the the Oklahoma City Thunder were going to make it to the NBA finals that season you know that could be considered an asterisk because Teams that were significantly better than them just weren't because of it was a shortened season. Or like, mm-hmm. for example, um, going back to the 99, you know, 1999 season, um, people argue it should have been, I, I can't remember who it was coming out of the East, but a lot of people were like, they shouldn't have made it to the NBA finals. It was either the Nets or, or the Knicks. I can't recall. Right. Also, but, how about from this you know, angle, the, this, this angle of there only being, 10 fewer games in the total regular season instead of 82 and 72. Is that not a part of the asterisk season right there? That in itself is an asterisk because obviously there's 10 fewer games and they're all being played back to back or back to back to back. Like I guess I can see that argument, but at the same time, it's only 10 fewer games. We're like, if you look back at the 2012 season, I think they played like what, like 60 something games, 50 something mm-hmm. games. That 99 season, I think they played like 56 games or something like that. Like it was drastically fewer. You're talking right. 10 games. You're talking 10 games. Okay. How about and this? I, and How again, this? a pandemic. <laughs> a pandemic still going on. Partially. I feel like that argument like, was more for more so for 2020 because you know, right when the season was getting ready to start, that's when the vaccine and everything started to come out. We kind of had everything a little bit under control. I'm not saying it wasn't a factor because it it did affect players. Like, look at Jason Tatum. 
mm-hmm. you know, especially early on in the season, you have players going into, you know, protocols, protocols and stuff yeah. like that. So like that, that I can understand that, you know, for that reason, putting asterisk, like I can understand that, but to say like, it's an asterisk because of injuries. Like that's where my argument, you know, I'm just like, uh, I don't know, because again, Injuries happen all the time throughout the course of the, his, you know, the history of the NBA in the finals and the, in the playoffs. And on top of that, you're also talking the the type and the gravity and the way these injuries have occurred. I don't think is necessarily adding up or like, okay, it's not what people are making it out to be, you know, <coughs> LeBron James um, <laughs> say like, oh, you know, Kyrie Whoa. rolled his ankle. Oh my God, it's the NBA's fault. You see, we started too early. <laughs> or like Trey Young stepped on the ref. Oh, you see, it's 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 the NBA's fault. You know, they 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 play Whoa. too many games. I'm like, what? Like, Whoa there. Oh, you were saying like Kawhi, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Joel Embiid, okay, so like, um, James Harden. Those players, you can make you you can make the argument. Jamal Murray mainly. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. I don't even know. Nobody knows what, what the heck is going on with Kawhi Leonard. Nobody knows he what happens to court him. After, after a play, he was like, nah, take me I out. I think he sits in – he's not even <laughs> sitting on the bench the rest of the series. He's up in, like, the, the press boxes. And on top of that, <laughs> there's not been a single report on what happened to Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> we have no idea. So, like, yeah. you can't even use Kawhi as, a, as an as, all right, as all right. argument because nobody knows. Right. <laughs> um, Joel Embiid, yes. You know, he landed awkwardly. You know, that's, that's the other thing, too, It's like – I mean that one, yeah, because no, it was a non-contact injury. Giannis, you can't really use James Harden. You can't use like the hamstrings have injuries happen all the time. That's true. That's true. But that that was just my argument. That's just yeah. One last thing: these injuries happen to to integral pieces of these teams. Like they've they happen yes. to to important people on these teams. I mean, of course, you have the injuries to you know the the role players and bench players. But then again, like yo, like when like two-thirds of your big three is out or, like, you know, it's, like, not themselves fully. It's, like, hard to win against a fully healthy Bucks team. You know, that's 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 one thing. I'm, I'm not downplaying the, the Jamal Murray injury, but I'll, I'll add this point, too. He, like, that, that injury came at the very end of a game in garbage time minutes. Like, he shouldn't mm. have even been shouldn't on the court. Yeah. What was he doing on the court? You know what I mean? If they take him out of the game, that injury never happens. Yeah, but you can't really like sense it though. It's like obviously it's it's like out of nowhere, and it's like you're right, like it's garbage time and whatever. But you yeah, can't yeah, really yeah, say yeah. that like I oh, mean, like, of it course, happened. It's hindsight. You're like you're, hindsight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hindsight. But I'm saying like you know that's just one of those things where you know you're talking about load management, player management, time management. Mm-hmm. All those things are contributors. Yeah, that was just my that was just my piece. Um, <laughs> You know, I'd be interested to, to hear what other people think. Now, yeah. b- before we go, before before we sign off, um, putting you on the spot again. Ready? What is it? What 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 is your? Give me one hot take about this NBA Finals. Chris Paul's better than Steph Curry. Next. <laughs> 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 Yo, I'm serious. Okay. Okay. Uh, here, here, here's my hot take. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's so funny? My hot take is <laughs> going forward. Jay Crowder will be part of the big four for Phoenix. I'm riding high on my guy Jay. You really are. I'm riding high. Yeah. Why? Because he was a Heat player. Is that why? 
He has heat culture in him, man. Oh my god, he has heat culture in him. Dar- Dario Saric is out. It's his time to shine, <laughs> man. That's my I, hot take for this week. I would, I would rather play Cam Johnson than 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 uh, Jay Crowder. Honestly, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's that's a good hot take. I mean, that's what that's what I'll settle for instead of my other one. I rescind you're my first wrong. one, and I'll, I'll I'll say that one. They're not wrong. <laughs> Um, and before we go, is there anything else you wanted to add? No. Um, I mean, one thing I will say is that we hopefully will see an increase in content on Instagram. So we should follow us on there at the Hot Take Podcast. That's all I got to say. Nice plug. I like that plug. Thank you. Uh, before we go, I'll just sign off with this. Lawrence, come back, man. We miss you, bro. <laughs> yes, Lawrence. Oh, man. Let's do this live show. Let's Let's get it. Hey, let's record this. <laughs> we'll take down zoom. those uh Lakers jerseys that has hanging up. We'll, we'll record whoa, whoa, somewhere hey, else. Hey, hey, yeah. this is this my goalie's from right here. here. Oh, good luck. <laughs> go, baby, go right here. Uh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but with that, everybody, thank you so much for listening and following us. Uh, everybody, please stay tuned for our next podcast that'll be coming out next week. Until then, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you guys next time. This has been a Fuse Podcast original produced by yours truly, Nat, with music by Johnny C.